Hi everyone, this is Father Jim Chern, and you're listening to the Pope Benedict XVI School of Prayer podcast, where each week we're reflecting on the catechesis that were offered by the late Holy Father back in 2011 in his Wednesday audiences with the faithful, in which he was laying out the foundational principles of a life of prayer. Um, this past week, we've been reflecting on the passage from First Book of Kings, chapter 18, verses 20 to 40. Uh, it's labeled Prophets and Prayers in Confrontation in this book that I'm using, um, which is basically all of the Holy Father's addresses in one book called A School of Prayer, The Saints Show Us How to Pray, and it's printed by Ignatius Prep. Um, Ignatius Press, um, if you want to pick up a copy of it, or you can just follow along with the text if you wish um, with the links that I've been putting in the Facebook group. Um, I li- This book has been great, and I've been really enjoying it and being able to... I still le- need to have a physical book in my hands when I'm doing this, so I, I enjoy using that. And give a quick plug to Ignatius for doing a great job with this. <laughs> And no, I'm not getting any commission from that, so I'm just a fan. Uh, a fan of Ignatius Press and a fan of Pope Benedict. Um, yeah, so this, this past week, just going through this, um, this, this chapter, where Pope Benedict would talk about how Elijah basically gets into what seems a, a divine showdown between the Lord God and the pagan gods um, at Mount Carmel, uh, the pagan god specifically Baal. Uh, the Holy Father reminds us that this was a time where the Jewish people were kind of merging their belief in the Lord God with the popular beliefs of the culture, the secular beliefs. Um, and the, all of that was basically pagan. So they're going to bed praying the Shema, which we learned when we were doing the Bible in the year. And for those of you who are fans of The Chosen, you remember that whole episode where those words from the book of Deuteronomy... <laughs> excuse me on that, where they would say, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one, the Lord alone. So they're going to bed doing the Shema, yet during the day, there were, as the Holy Father put it, seeking security in a comprehensible and predictable God from whom they believed they could obtain fruitfulness and prosperity in exchange for sacrifices. So basically, they're capitulating. You know, they're, they're praying to the Lord God at night, and then they're going and doing some sacrifice, hoping that Baal will, will bless them with rain or bless them with fertility or whatever different sacrifices they were offering for specific needs that they wanted. So you know, if you've done the Bible in the year, you know this doesn't go well. Uh, anytime uh, the people of God, the chosen people, start falling for idols, it never works out well for them. Um, if you if you did the Bible in the year, if you didn't even, you might want to check this chapter out. First book of Kings, chapter 18, verses 20 to 40. Um, and as you're reading it, you see how Elijah gets pretty fired up about the whole thing. It's almost incomprehensible to him that the Jewish people would somehow fall for these powerless idols for anything. But I think it's a good reminder for all of us that it's not that different in our day and age either, where we could probably think of a whole lot of examples, whether globally or locally, where people are putting their trust and their belief in a whole lot of things of creation rather than the creator itself. 
And I'm just going to stop right there because my weekly ramblings and reflection could go quite off the rails if I started to give you some examples that are coming off the top of my head right now. Needless to say, I think we can all fill in the blanks here. There's all kinds of things that our world and culture um, that people fall for modern idols. So that's basically what was happening here. Um, and if you think about it, this is similar to what we heard last week when the Holy Father was reflecting on Moses, interceding for the people after they had made the golden calf. The people were trying to worship in a way they wanted to, to perform and do works themselves, basically taking control of things rather than being obedient and following what the Lord God had laid out for them to do. But what's different is how this, is, this episode with Elijah is all done in cooperation with the people. Moses was interceding for, for the people uh, while he was on the Mount, Mount Sinai by himself with the Lord. Here, this divine showdown that's taking place is out in the open, and we see Elijah's asking the people to draw close. He wants them to be involved in his prayer, and as the Holy Father described, he builds an altar with the 12 stones that are recalling the, the, the numbers of the tribes of the, the sons of Jacob. So he's involving the people and he's trying to make them remember their heritage, remember their commitments, remember their covenant. And so he's praying for them, but he's also teaching them and he's reminding them of what they need to be doing as well. They're, he's reminding them of their identity. Um, like I said, this is such a, a dramatic chapter um, you have the prophets of Baal doing all kinds of gestures and rituals all day long to, to no avail, and, which is obvious because they're, they're, they're not real. And then when Elijah gets his turn, the, the fire of the Lord falls and consumes the offerings, the wood, the stone, the dust, the waters, all in very dramatic fashion. So it's uh, God wins, as always, uh, which is a wonderful uh, story to, to reflect on. But one of the things that kind of struck me as I, I was reading this, um, you know, obviously the Holy Father, um, he's limited in his time. He has a 15-minute catechesis, and he's covering a lot of ground in these, these 47 different sessions that he's going to do. Um, but, you know, he, he obviously doesn't have enough time to follow up. The, the, the interesting thing for me about this is that Elijah himself is going to need ongoing conversion. You know, we think he's a prophet, he's a holy man, he's been sent by God, he's been listening to God, he's been praying for God, he sees this very dramatic action, so God shows up and shows out in, in this amazing way that is at his hands, which is like, you would think he'd be all on a high. Well, the next chapter, we find out Elijah is fleeing. He's fleeing because Queen Jezebel, who was a big fan of the god Baal, is not very happy about what happened here. And so she's after him, he starts fleeing, and he's running in the wilderness, and at one point, he's basically praying, God, take me now. You know, he's not, I, I've, I've read people saying, like, he's suicidal. He's not suicidal. He's, he's, he's desperate. He's desolate. He's feeling, you know, rejected by the people. He's feeling like he's got, you know, his life in his, in his hands as he's running for his life, and he's exhausted. And so he's under you know, all kinds of stress, and it's that whole next chapter, chapter 19, is the whole beautiful interaction where 
he's looking and listening for God. And you hear God's not in the earthquake, God's not in the wind, or he is in the wind, he's in the small, quiet, whispering wind. Um, it's not in the, uh, the big, loud things that you would expect to find the Lord God speaking. It's going to be in that small, tiny, whispering wind that he's going to encounter the Lord God again. And it's just such a beautiful reminder that, you know, even for a man of faith like Elijah, he still had his downtime. He still had his, his moments as well. And so even being a man in prayer himself, being this leader in the Jewish faith and the Judeo-Christian tradition as well, he still had his moments that he needed to call out to God and had to be humble himself and recognize his weakness and that he didn't have it all together himself. Um, I guess I just take some consolation in that myself, uh, realizing that we're all on that journey and that this is going to be a lifelong process of us growing closer to the Lord, sometimes failing, but hopefully constantly being faithful and persevering in that. So that's my ramblings and reflections for this week, um, which probably sound a little bit more rambling because I definitely feel like I'm speaking a lot right now and I don't know if I'm making tons of sense but at any rate I appreciate you sticking here with this and for all your feedback um, it's exciting I just hit 301 subscribers to the podcast so thank you all oh, that's uh, a new high for us so thank you and appreciate all your support uh, any questions or other feedback please feel to, to leave a message on our Facebook page um, I'll be happy to respond to you. Thanks so much, everyone. Have a great week. God bless.